we're excited to spend a few weeks looking at various key images that run throughout the whole of Scripture. These images, these motifs, they could really help all of us understand the Bible better when we sort of know what we're looking at when they come. We are people here in Southern California who are accustomed to living with seasons of drought. We've told you before how Curtis and I ended up ripping out the front lawn, which is pretty common in our town, and replacing it with more native and drought-tolerant plants, which have been so delightful because at any given time, we look out our yard and there are bees and hummingbirds and butterflies that are thrilled with life. But on the flip side, this also means we are people who might more readily understand why it is concerning when water hasn't come. We find ourselves dreading fire season when we know that it's been a particularly harsh drought. Now, in a similar way, in the world of the Bible, water is critical. Water is life or death. Water is seasonal and drought is a threat. It actually makes a ton of sense, for example, of Baal, whose name you see a lot in the Old Testament. Baal's a rain god. It's very tempting to worship a god who promises that they can get you through the drought. Now we're going to look today at other ways we see water weave its way through scripture. In fact, we have five key moments in the Old Testament where water is a significant plot point. Now, the number of times that water shows up in scripture, it's just a ton. And so we're not going to have this belabored long list of every instance. Rather, what I'd like for you to see is through these five movements, some of the ways that water helps us understand an incredibly important theme in the Bible. How God is bringing life from death. More specifically, how we go through death to life. In Genesis 1, there's nothing, but also there's water. And God's spirit hovers over it. And God speaks three things into reality at the beginning. First, light. And then once the light has come, the waters go from chaotic and deep to contained and ordered. Genesis 1, starting in verse 6, God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called the space sky. And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Verse 9, and then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters sea, and God saw that it was good. The waters go from chaotic and deep to contained and ordered. Now in Exodus 14, God's people are trapped at the end of the Red Sea and pursued by their enemies. They're going to die. What good is a God who got them out of Egypt if they're just going to let them die at the sea? But God splits the waters and they pass through them, through death, to life on the other side. Their enemies are left defeated. The people come to the Jordan River ready to cross into the promised land. And in Joshua 3, the waters of the Jordan flow on. The marker between the wilderness and the promised land and the priests step in. Ark of the Covenant, symbol of God's having chosen and walked with them, sitting upon their shoulders. And the river seems to drain around them until it's dry. And every person crosses from promises made to promises fulfilled. 
Here's the land. We are home. Now, if we rewind before the Jordan, there was a time in the wilderness where the people were fearing for their lives, despite all they had seen Yahweh do, because the desert is dealing some blows to them. And remembering God can be trusted is hard. Living like God can be trusted is hard. And given how fickle every other God seems to be, it would take some adjusting to believe God will never fail them, be ever faithful to them. And so God again cares for them with water from a rock. Needs are met. Throughout the Psalms, we find images of water, especially of rivers. And in Psalm 46, the psalmist grabs this particular image and says, verse four, a river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. Now, I'd like for us to circle back, if you would. We started in creation, and then we come to John 6 when Jesus sends disciples ahead on a boat, and the night a storm comes, and chaotic deep waters threaten them. Then Jesus comes walking right upon it, saying, it's me. Now, John actually has that phrased as, ego eimi, I am. Just to be sure, we get the call back to the God we have met in the Old Testament, Yahweh, I am, who speaks and waters of chaos fall into line at the sound of his voice. When the forces of a chaotic, unpredictable, and dangerous world threaten to overwhelm us, We come to the water and we find that God can tame and order all of it. Now, we had talked also about being at the Red Sea, death right there in front of them. We jump on in the story and we find that Jesus also has a time when he is trapped, trapped by those with authority, Roman and religious. He's going to die. What good are the offers of a dead Messiah? Death is such a terrible enemy. But God splits the seal between rock and tomb. And through death to life on the other side goes Jesus. And shockingly, unbelievably, so can we. When our enemies, physical and experiential, threaten to be the end of us, we come to the water and find that God can break in and give life. And at the water, enemies are defeated. We can come back to the Jordan again. Only this time... Jesus is stepping in himself and a dove, a symbol of God's presence, comes down to say, my son, beloved son, listen to him. Jesus being back at the Jordan is totally intentional. The Jordan is the before and after point of their story. The life God has for people is in the after. True in the days of Joshua, true in the days of Jesus. And so now every person who wants can come to the water themselves to show, yeah, we're trusting God for our future. And Jesus is a promise kept. Here is our Savior, who will be our home. When death taunts us and hopelessness consumes us, we find that God can do the impossible and break through. Because at the water, promises are kept and fulfilled. We can go to the wilderness again. Jesus comes to a person at least three layers deep in outsider. Samaritan, unwed, five times left, woman, How she came to be in her situation, we don't fully know. But when Jesus names it, she knows he knows. And this is who he picks for a midday chat and drink. 
This is who he decides to let in on the secret. He's water. Living water. Forever flowing water. Thirst ending water. When life knocks you around and you find yourself flat out in need. Needs you can name. Maybe some you can't even quite articulate. God offers the possibility of something new and different. Good even. At the water, needs are met. And that river that flows through the city, it flows in Revelation 22, and the vision that John has and has carefully encoded to that church has him tearing with them how the angel showed him a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street, and on each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. There was another time that there was a river nourishing trees of life. Two trees, come to think of it, were in Eden. Twelve crops like twelve tribes, fresh each month, and the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. All of creation, from land to sea, from animals to people, all creation is alive and well and sustained by this river. And key is how it's lasting. We come to the water and find life everlasting. What do you need to bring to the water today? What do you need to leave in the water in the hopes that there might indeed be new life on the other side? Our God is a death to life God. And when we come to scripture, the water helps us remember. So may we all. Amen.